Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. You know what my wife said to me the other day? Uh, what's you don't that? Know, you don't know this. She, she said, said to shave? She, uh, no, she would not do that. Um, she, she likened you and I and this podcast mm-hmm. to uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Because we say because you you came up with Jofo yeah yeah and she goes what is that like like Brangelina yeah and notice um I'll be Brad definitely Brad. No, not I am Brad you Who, don't have the okay. hair for Brad who's more exotic of the pair of wait of those Brad two? or Angelina who's more exotic who's more exotic looking answer the question Angelina that's you <laughs> all right but I, I was thinking about it I was like yeah we, there is it was like a power couple like that's a power couple and I feel like we're a power couple like like the Blues Brothers and people like that. Uh, well, no, I don't think the Blues Brothers is, is a power Bl- couple. Blues Brothers is a power no, 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 couple. No. Great no, no. movie. You got to think of like Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what you got to be thinking of. <laughs> no, no. Like, um, like, uh, like Mulder and Scully from the X-Files. Like, that's cool. I like that. Uh, that's more like us. And I am definitely Mulder. I'm the serious. Like, oh, my. Okay. I'm like, but the guy that believes. No, no. That's And you're the it. skeptic that doesn't uh, believe. Uh, we are more like Frodo and Samwise. You're, yes, <laughs> no, yes. No. I'm the helper in Sam. You're Frodo always complaining. No, he, did he complain a lot? Oh yes, he did. I oh, watch. I wish this ring did not come to me. Uh, I don't. I don't watch. No, movies. you are Frodo. No, like I'm R2D2 and you're C3PO. Uh, I'm Simon Pegg and you're Nick Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes. Simon and Garfunkel. Holmes and Watson. <clears throat> Lucy. Uh, uh, stop, Lucy and Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> like Sonny and Cher is that what they, like that Fred and Barty uh, that's I a good this. one I wait, got who, this one. So, wait who I'm Fred then because he's kind of the jerk no and no Barney's you're Barney because nice you're the slow one oh we're like uh, uh, Abbott and Costello what's up uh, stop stop what no stop Charlie Brown and Snoopy well I know who I am yep uh, we're like the, we're like those old the, this is this is us we're like the, I don't know who they are those old men in the Muppets that sit up in the balcony and make fun of everybody and are super critical. Oh, as good as that is, yeah. I have a better one. No, you don't. No, I do. I just watched this the other night. What? Cheech and Chong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cheech and Chong. <laughs> that might be inappropriate. Some people are going to think like, nah, you know, that's not like Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's good. You are Bullwinkle okay, for sure. Okay, that's too childish. I'm not doing that. No, you're no, definitely no, no, no. Bullwinkle. No, no, no. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Penn and Teller. Oh, that's good. Pen, you're a teller because you're slow and quiet. And short. And short. That's the one. That's the one. All right. Uh, no, no, I won. Okay. Laverne I, and Shirley. Uh, Wayne and Garth. Uh, did I say Calvin and Hobbes? Is that one? Yes, you did. You did. Dang it. Uh, you did. Oh, I no, did. I got it. I got one. No, you We're like it. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in Bad, Bad Boys. Boys. That was a good movie. All right. All right. You ain't topping that. I'm topping it. I got it. And you gave me the idea a week and a half ago. What? When you called us Batman and Robin. Boom. I'm Batman. I like that one. No, no, no. I'm I'm Batman. Batman. I'm Batman. You're Robin. I win. So today we're going to be discussing. No, no, no. No, today we're going to Eminem and Dr. Dre. 
Uh, Skipper and Gilligan. Oh, no, nope, are, we're done. Move on. You've said that before. I have said that, and so we are going to. All right. Today we will be discussing Olsen twins, Bert and Ernie. <laughs> no, you already said Bert. No, you didn't. No, I did Dang not. It. No, I did not. Oh, no, I you're... did not. Okay. Today we're going to be con- continuing our conversation. It is still Spirit Week. That's right, Spirit Week, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit Week, and so we're going to get our spirit on. And so on Monday we talked through continuationism and cessationism. Today. We're going to talk more broadly about the spiritual gifts that are normally operative in the church today. Right. Very good. Very good. So uh, seriously now, um, what is your spiritual gift? Do you know what your spiritual gift or gift? Some people differentiate. They say, like, well, you have more than one, or some people yeah. say you only have one. What's well, I took, I took an online test, and oh, I got – no, I got yours. I said serious. Now you're doing, you're doing the online thing. No, There's I'm, nothing serious about the online spiritual gift test. It said yours is uh, interpretation of tongues. I can't even understand you half the time. How could I possibly? Well, have... it, that's why it's a gift. Okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> it, it manifests with the with the Lord deems. You can't take a test for somebody else. I did. I answered all the things for you. Okay. No, uh, seriously, for myself, I would look towards one as uh, administration. I think administration is a gift. Um, uh, is one of my gifts. I see that totally. Are you asking for more or just the... Well, do, do you think that you have more spiritual gifts than that? Or well, there... I think there's multiple ones, and I think they, they fluctuate over, t- like over time, and I would even say as needed. So what are, what's... Like, I would say you have the gift to preach. Yeah. I so think... I, was, I was going through prophecy in there. Okay. But defining it a All little right, bit. Defining it the way I... Yeah, I define okay. it differently. All right. Like the art of prophesying... By William Perkins. Mm, that's the way I define it. Yeah. That is good. the way that's I define good stuff. it. Um, yeah, my spiritual gift, honestly, I'm the guy that would not know what his spiritual gift is if the church didn't tell me. Um, and there's a whole host of reasons for that. I'm insecure, and I don't think that I'm... Sorry, Jimmy wants my lighter. Sorry, I didn't mean to I, um, I'm, I'm pretty insecure. I have a lot of self-doubt. And I'm not sure what I'm good at and what I'm not. So I really need people around me to say, no, this is something you should do or, Joe, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that my spiritual gift is preaching because that is what churches uh, have told me throughout um, my, my Christian life as I started doing that. And I've, I have always had a desire to do that uh, from very early on anyways. In my, like a my, desire to speak and proclaim God's word. Yeah, like okay. I really felt this burden to open up the Bible and to help people understand uh, the, these truths and, and to grow. Now, when did you know, when did it come clear to you that, that your spiritual gifts, what your, when your spiritual gifts, let me ask it again, when did it become uh, clear to you what your spiritual gift or gifts are? When did that start to crystallize? Uh, you kind of alluded to it within the local church. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's I think gifts are something that it's first you start to sense that mm-hmm. and then others in the church affirm that. Right. Right. I think for years, I never thought that administration was a gift right. that I had. Never thought it. You didn't think you were good at it or you didn't think it was valued as a gift? No, I didn't think I was good at it. Really? Oh, yes. It wasn't until the last church I was at. Wow. Because um, you're really good at that. Well, yeah, and I don't know about really good. No, you are really good at that, dude. But it, it, I didn't see it, right? And I didn't understand it, and I didn't, didn't think I was good organizationally or anything like that um, until I was, like, at my last church, they were kind of just working with me and through discussion and through yeah. prayer began to see that this was, this was a gift that God had given me. Mm-hmm. And... um that's that's kind of how. So I think it, you know, 
you know when you know, but then you also know when others know, and they tell you so you know, and then you know. Uh, no. So uh, <laughs> I just had to throw a no in there. You just had to throw a no in there? So would you say that this gift of administration that you clearly have, mm-hmm. and Redeemer is so much better because of it, and Brian Malcolm has that same gift, yeah. Pastor Brian, the church is better for your gifts. Would you say that this was a, an ability or a talent um, that, that you had earlier in your life, pre-conversion, or is this something totally new? Um, I would say totally new. I would say totally new. I think... You never demonstrated any of these capacities before, really. I think in a very small scale, and I think I had convinced myself that I wasn't good at it. Mm. And I think partly because some people around me were telling me I wasn't good at it. Yeah. And I think part of it was because I wasn't doing it the way they wanted me to do it. Right. Or they, I wasn't doing it the way that they would do it themselves. You don't like doing things the way other people want you to do them generally. You no, like to do no, things like, your way. Well, because my way is right. <laughs> and so, generally it is. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, um, so people would tell me, you know, hey, you really need to, to work on this. You really need to, to do this. And I had a desire to uh, be better at administration. Yeah. Uh, but didn't have the tools mm. to grow in that and to develop that gift. So, like, that's, for me, if, if my spiritual gift is preaching, um, I was always a leader, like yeah. among my peers. I feel like that was normal uh, when I had friends or in various groups that I would wind up in. I was uh, oftentimes a leader, but not a speaker. Not, not, I mean, I certainly, you know, I graduated second to last in high school. I, yeah. I almost flunked out. I, tr- I tried to just barely get out of there. I wasn't a believer. I didn't care. But I took a speech class that I failed. And um, like I failed many of my classes. And my, when I, and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't a speech class. It was a class that I had to give a speech in. Yeah. And, uh, it was time for me to give my speech. And, uh, I stood up with all my chains and leather and everything. I stood up and I just said, uh, no. And then I sat down and that mm-hmm. was my, because I wasn't about to speak, speak publicly. That yeah. idea was way beyond, not just my comfort zone, but beyond what was possible for me. Uh, but once I was converted, I felt that burden and then opportunities were given and, so somewhat of the somewhat similar in that really it wasn't on the radar uh, in my life until uh, I became a believer and became a part of the local church. So you, you started to talk about this, you know, how do people discover their spiritual gifts? Yeah. Lots of Christians don't know what their spiritual gift is. No, and I think part of it is because we don't put ourselves out there. And I think your example clearly shows that, um, that if you don't try certain things, then you're not going to know if you're good at it or not, right? And, like if you don't, like even for myself, I did not think I was good at public speaking. I'd never wanted to to speak publicly. I never uh, desired to be that kid that stood up in class and and led a discussion. Uh, I would shy away from it. I would always find an excuse not to do it. Uh, and part of it, I think, same as you, was just uh, insecurity. But it wasn't until um, I began you know, kind of speaking to, I could do it with youth because somehow I had in my head, it's not real church, you know, so I could go. Well, ahead. maybe because you also had a relationship with those kids. That's like probably you, too. I felt comfortable. Yeah, I felt more you com- really right. knew You really invested in those kids. And that's, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was, there was a comfort level, but it was from uh, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, a brother of mine, uh, who I love dearly named Dave DeYoung. And he was, uh, 
he was doing this program, and I'm going to say the name, and I know you're going to laugh at it. That's why I'm laughing I would not at it. pass judgment on youth ministry. No, 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 or... no. It wasn't that. Oh, okay, good. He was, so he was training. Way. Yeah, he was training yeah. other leaders, upcoming leaders in the program. How could I possibly make fun of this? Go. Well, the program was called Jesus Freaks. Oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Dave. I still talk to Dave. I talk to Dave regularly. I, I, I tr- we connect at least once every other week, if not every week, a couple times a week. And Dave now is a church planter in Canada. In, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I know who this yeah, is. Yeah, you know yeah. who he is. Yeah, yeah. in Nanaimo there. Right. Great. I'm, I'm so excited to see what God's going to do through him. Um, but anyway, so Dave forced everyone that was part of that class to join Toastmasters. And he would go really? with Really? Oh, yes. You had to be in Toastmasters. See, that would scare me now. And it's, Yeah. <laughs> And it, but I remember having to, what they would do is they would randomly pick someone and say, okay, you're going to go up. You're going to talk on this topic. You've got uh, 90 seconds or two minutes. Go. And they had a clock in the back. And even people here know I have my phone, which has the color scheme system that they use because it's it's just a comfort level for me. I need that in my eyesight to know where I'm at in a sermon so that when people in the back sit there and uh, tell me that I'm out of time like Joe did the other time I preached. That was funny. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, what the heck? The, the Jimmy, color says I'm on, on yellow. Right, so hang on. So, so Jimmy was preaching not too long ago, and Jimmy always kills, kills it, does a great job. You just turn him loose, and Jimmy does his thing. Um, I, I, I love it. So for some reason, uh, I was at the back of the church, and I noticed the time. Now, for whatever reason, I thought, for what, and I know it does, church ends at... 1230. It was the the second second service. service. Second service ends at 1230. For some reason, I thought it ended at 12, and I saw that he was still preaching at like four minutes to 12, and we still have songs to do and all this other stuff. So I start making the cutthroat motion to Jimmy, like, cut it. Cut it. Stop it now. He's like, he's holding his watch up. I'm like, no, that's what I did. I pointed to my wrist, like I wear a watch, which I don't. I said, I pointed to my wrist. That's what I did. I pointed to my watch, like, hey, watch your time. And, uh, And Jimmy gives me this panicked look with his eyes for a second, and then he gets back to doing his thing. And, uh, yeah, I was, he was right on time, of course. Yeah, of course I was on time. I had my Toastmaster color scheme system going on. I felt bad about that. (laughs) So, so after that, I was, I was nervous for that first time and I I still get nervous, but, um, the feedback though, from people there that did Mm -hmm. not know me was very positive and, you know, they kept trying to say, Hey, you need to grow in this area. You right. need to change this, tweak that. You right. need to speak in this way, like to try to just to help me with my ozenums, my uh, eye contact, my hand motions, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, from then on out, I felt more comfortable and I would just keep practicing. I would they, take every opportunity. Even now, I'll take any, you know, right. every, any at all opportunity uh, during our preaching labs mm-hmm. uh, to grow in this because it's an area that has to continue yeah. to, to be developed. It's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, when you see a person step into an area of ministry, whatever it is, and that's their spiritual gift. And they may not be polished, you know, like we, all, like all of us when we start, but they've got it. Whatever that, the, yeah. that gift is there, you can see it, you can sense it, and you, you just want to uh, like praise God and say, get going, this is your thing, do this. So, so how, do people, how do people discover their gifts? You mentioned that you know, you're going to have this desire to do it on some level. Yeah, uh, and maybe the desire is going to come after what I'm going to mention next. Yeah, after you finally try it. Right, like uh, John Knox had no desire to be a pastor. When yeah. he was called upon by the congregation to be uh, the pastor, he ran off and cried like a little baby, uh, just like I would probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, you will, there will be this desire, and the local church 
will confirm it. The local right. church will say, this is your gift, and you will bear fruit. Absolutely. You you're going to see something yeah. come of it. And if those, that's really how you tell. So if, if you don't know, if you're, if you're thinking like, I, I don't even know where to start, I don't know what to do, Jimmy and Pat tell people, and Pat, Pastor Pat oversees you know, a, a, a lot of our, our children's ministries yeah. and youth ministries and, and our small groups. Uh, but what he and others will say to our people is, is, if you don't know where to start, then let me make a recommendation for you. That's right. Try this and give it a good run. And if it's not your thing, cool, we'll try something else. That's it. So you got to get out there, right? Like you have to, to try it. And, you know, maybe you're not called to preach, but maybe you're sensing that. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your pastor. Maybe yeah. there is opportunities yeah. to grow in that, whether it doesn't have to be on Sunday morning straight off. I personally would not throw someone up there Sunday morning um, that maybe I haven't heard a few times before. To preach, yeah. To, to preach, right? Uh, but maybe there's those opportunities, like for us, we do preaching lab, yeah. where our, our men are able to grow in public speaking and preaching God's word. So maybe there's that. Maybe there's, there's you know, you can go along with them when they're speaking and, and mm -hmm. there's just things you can do to, yeah, plug to them in, in. You know, that. plug them into a, a Sunday school class and, exactly. and you know, l watch how they teach. Um, let them lead a, a community group discussion one time and see how they do. And if you want to mentor them, you want to coach them. And that's really, that's part of how we develop in our spiritual gift as well. Because yes. very few people, I would say probably none, arrive with their spiritual gift fully matured, ready to go. No, I've yeah. been preaching for a long time now. I've been preaching since '94, frequently, and, and um, you're old. I know. I'm How old, old were you in '94? Uh, I have no idea. I was born in '72, so whatever that made me. I don't know. I don't do the math. Uh, Shut up! Aren't you in math class just again? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you said that, I was like, "Just stop. Jimmy's in a math class." <laughs> I have one more. I have one more class. Jimmy finished his degree a while ago. Well, except for the math class, he's just got it's one stupid math class that he has to do. Jimmy runs. I can't even say how much money Jimmy is responsible for in the company that he he oversees. Um, uh, he has to take a math class. It's just really funny. So, what are we talking about? How people develop their gifts? Yeah, right? How people develop. So, how do people develop? How do they grow in it? Like, let's say they begin to figure out, like, I think this is my gift, or people are telling them, how can they get better at it? Trial and error. Just right. get out there and do it. Are you saying practice makes perfect, Jimmy? I'm saying practice makes perfect. Give it 110%. And per, see don't happens. say 110%. <laughs> so perfect in the biblical sense of maturity, right? Like, so we, we practice, like mm -hmm. what the church fathers called the practice, right? The, the ongoing uh, efforts in a particular area of ministry or Christian life. We do the work. Yeah. And that is one of the means by which God allows us to grow and to learn, trial and error, of course. We should be mentored, coached, yes. read books hang out with people that are good in those areas and pick their brains, watch them. Don't copy people, but take the yeah, principles. Yourself. Yeah, take the principles that, that you find biblical and effective that they are operating under and, and implement them. We can grow in our spiritual gifts. And like, so, you know, Jimmy and I uh, preach a lot. Um, I preach almost every week and I still read a book on preaching every year. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I'd, I'd rather not read that book. Sometimes I would rather, especially because 50% of it, I'm just going to be boring. But uh, I, read, I read those books because I know that I need to get better. Yes. And I do believe I'm a good preacher. I, I don't think I'm a bad preacher, but I don't think I'm a great preacher. I, I want to be a great preacher, not to be known, but to be able to make Christ known that's right. more effectively and more clearly. And that's, I mean, that's true for any of the things, that any of the gifts that we get. Because um, like Jimmy said in the last episode, God gifts us for the edification of other believers, right. and in this we glorify 
God. So we all play this role in seeking the maturity of all believers and making disciples. We all play this role in contributing to the common good of God's people and mm-hmm. God's glory by exercising, and I would say rigorously exercise. Like Jimmy just came from, Jimmy, uh, his brother is his personal trainer, and Jimmy's working out and eating right and all that stuff, and we're seeing really good results, or he's seeing really good results. I'm not seeing any results in me because I don't do that. But um, but that but takes... You, but like, you're seeing them in me, right? I do see them in you. Yeah, yeah thanks, dude. Buddy. You're mm. like, you're slimming down see, and see strong. That? See that? Yeah. No, I, that? It doesn't, mm. it's not... In, so you're, he's flexing right yeah, now. Right there. See that? Yeah, no. I, no, no, there, right there. No, it's... It, it My looks, muscle got a muscle. It, no, but it is... Hey, here's the thing. Listen, Your arm on, does not on. have like a big bulge, but it is rock hard. Yeah. Well, oh, it is. It is. It, uh, it well, is muscular. I'm just saying, I mean... There's no definition. I know, but did you get your tickets yet? For what? The gun show. Oh, yeah, I did it. Geez. I did it, and you fell for it. No, you... I, was, I just wanted to let you feel no, good. No, 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 no. So spiritual gifts, and what we're going we're gonna to talk about the various spiritual gifts here in just a second. About, okay, good. That's what I was about to um, you know, and, and, what, and what those really are in, in, in a simple way, in a simple way, just to kind of give you guys a, a little bit of direction um, on, on what they might look like or you know, um, how you might begin to, to investigate those particular um, those, those manifestations of the spirit. You yeah. know, one of those is is in your life, and you can you can explore that and figure it out. And really, once you do figure it out, um, you can begin to flourish in a new way uh, in the church and and in your faith. Here's the thing: even you even you guys that love to read, like you love to read, you're like your your book nerds your your book idolaters you you just you can't wait to read you mark them all up you you're all into it but even you don't have time to read every book sometimes yep. and there's some books that you want to ingest but you don't want to take the time to read them what you need audible.com oh my gosh yeah look at that that's good <laughs> Audible, <laughs> audible.com. Um, for the listeners of Doctrine and Devotion, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial just for checking out their service. So if you go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine, you got to do that, right? Audibletrial.com slash doctrine. If you go there and sign up for a free 30-day trial, you can cancel it anytime uh, without any cost. If you do that, they will let you get a free audiobook of your choice. And um, you can keep that book even if you cancel. Uh, but I, I would say, man, just go sign up. It's, it's cheap and it's, you, know, you get all kinds of free audiobooks, like 14 bucks a month or something. So mm-hmm. you want to you wanna check it out. This week, really this, this whole week, we're recommending Sinclair Ferguson's Who is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, Fergie. So like, again, put it on in your car when you're working out. Uh, just start, you can take in more information uh, than you realize if you uh, go with an audiobook. So go ahead, uh, hit audibletrial.com slash doctrine and uh, check it out and let us know what you think. We know that some of you guys have already tried this and uh, Jimmy and I have tried it and we are fans. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. All right, so let's talk about the, the spiritual gifts that we see in Scripture. Um, just what are the, the passages so people can write them down? Like what are the passages where they can begin to look at some of these spiritual gifts? Yeah, um, you can go to Romans 12, right. verses 6 to 8. Uh, you can go 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 8 to 10, and also... Uh, Verses twenty-eight to thirty, okay, in First Corinthians, and then Ephesians four eleven to twelve. So I don't remember the verses. I just know Romans twelve, First Corinthians twelve, Ephesians four. They uh, uh, that's what I do. And then I just have to find it. You just got you just got to peruse it. I know the street. I don't know the address. I know the neighborhood. Oh gosh! 
No, I know that's the street. No, I know. Too. I've yeah. heard that. I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, I guess oh, what yeah, I got. That's pretty cool. All right. So the gifts that we're talking about, right? Let's just talk through them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Since your spiritual gift, or at least one of your spiritual gifts, is the gift of administration, what is that? Because the scripture doesn't like give us a definition. Mm-hmm. So what's your understanding of that spiritual gift? Yeah, I understand it as organization, right? The ability to be able to to take a task or to take a project uh, and be able to uh, look at it from from a bunch of different angles and kind of help propel it along. So I think part of that, my, for me, administration is doing the background work uh, to free others up to do the gospel work. So and I'm not saying the administration is not gospel work, but I am saying that I, I'm freeing others up. So, you know, I try to do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff yeah. uh, organizationally so that it frees you and it frees the other elders, it frees Pastor Pat to minister to God's people. And I, I think what I see you doing is you, you, you do the organization. You, you're doing a lot of problem solving. Yeah. That's definitely a part of it. Like I can see a problem and say like, well, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But when you or Brian look at it, you can go, oh, no, there's not just one problem. There's five. But there's a way around this. Yeah. See, the guy that has the gift of administration is um, he's not just critical. Yeah, that's he's, important. He's, he's not just offering criticism. He is offering solutions. That's right. And the vision comes with that. Being, being able to cast vision, communication is a part of that. Uh, that's what I see when I look at what you guys are doing. Um, leadership is another gift. And uh, I mean, most simply, uh, you could say that leadership is the ability to not only uh, show people the way, um, but to model the way yeah. in some capacity. Uh, leadership is not dictatorial. Yes. It is service-based. Um, I think casting vision is definitely a part of leadership. But it also involves communication. I think the difference between leadership and administration uh, oftentimes comes down to systems and problem solving uh, and overall organization. Really, the word that I hear a lot of executive pastors use is execution. Right? They're able to execute yeah. Yeah. well and put together a plan for everybody to follow. So the, uh, I think I have the gift of leadership perhaps but not the gift of administration. So I need somebody with the gift of administration to help me do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and I think also leadership is coupled, at least hopefully, with pastor, pastoring and shepherding. Yeah. Right? Because leadership, yeah, it's great to be able to, to drive the bus, uh, but as a pastor and shepherd, that don't mean running over everyone that doesn't want to be on the bus. Wait, you don't think running people over with the bus is a good thing? No, I, I don't think so. I think that is anti-shepherding. I've heard some pastors talk about that, though. Yeah, Okay. No, I'm not doing it. So, um, yeah, leadership, because we're talking about biblical leadership here. Yeah. So shepherding is really a big part of that. And then there's discernment. Yeah, discernment is, I, I, I look at discernment as being able to uh, cut through the crud. To be able Good to word. see, huh? Good word. Thank you. To cut through uh, the crud, whether, it, whether in a situation or in someone's life, right? Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes we do try to have a front. We mm-hmm. do try to pretend. We do try to fake it with each other. And I think discernment is being able to, as you're dis- discussing with somebody or looking over something, being able to see what the real issue is yeah. and what the real problem is and being able to address that head on. I love that you brought that up on a very pastoral shepherding relationship, priestly kind of a level. Mm. You know, this idea of seeing through maybe the front or the fog to get to the heart issue that people are dealing with. Because exactly. usually when I hear people talk about the gift of discernment, they're talking about the ability to, to discern truth from error in a mm. doctrinal sense. And that's a part of it. That's yeah. definitely an, one uh, example of discernment. And all elders and leaders are, are called to discern. But this gift of discernment is the ability to really recognize 
what is true, what is false, what is real, what is a mirage, and then you know speak into that. That's right. And whether and but it's not just you know doctrinal precision, uh, but it's very much a relational service and help as well. Yeah, because it's got to be helpful to the body. Yes, it's got to somehow you know be useful for their edification. What about mercy? Oh, that's my gift. Yeah, that's my third uh, gift. Mercy? What? Yeah, man. Look at me. They call me Captain Mercy. I would like for you to define this before I either agree or disagree. I know it's my gift because uh, frequently I hear people when they're around me and I'm talking, they go, oh, mercy. <laughs> That's how I know it's my gift. <laughs> so obviously there's some prophecy going on there. So <laughs> you were ready for that. that was, I gotcha. That was so good. All right. Um, no. Okay. So one of our elder candidates, uh, Rob, mm, yes. has the gift of mercy. Holy cow. Now, yeah. people with, now we're all called to be merciful. We're all called to be compassionate, just like we're all called to do a lot of these things. But a person who has the gift of mercy is particularly tuned in to the needs and the hurts and the wants of other people. Yeah. And they are compassionate towards them. They tend to be sympathetic to people and their needs, even empathetic sometimes and feeling what they feel. Yeah. They, um, they are burdened with the well-being of others. And they have this capacity to love even the most unlovable people mm. that maybe you or I might struggle with. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I view you, you're a merciful guy. But, but the person has the gift of mercy. It's just super evident. Yeah. Now, all of these gifts come with you know, potential blind spots, right? Exactly. So yeah. like the merciful person might be so merciful that they don't have a, a strong backbone to kind of push when they need to. Yeah. So they just need to be careful of that. I think exactly. Rob has the backbone. Oh, yeah, he does. I've seen him do that. But, but you can just see, like, whatever your gift is, you, you know, if your gift is administration, you might be a little cold towards people. Oh, yeah, so you want to cut and dry everything. Yeah, yeah too matter of fact and not right. very, or uh, leadership, you can be dictatorial. Like, so you, you got to balance all of these things out. What about the, the gift of evangelism? There, there's debate. Uh, about whether evangelism is a gift or not, but let's assume that it is here. Mm -hmm. What is the gift of evangelism? I think the gift of evangelism is being able to uh, not just articulate the gospel, but to be able to share the gospel in such a powerful and I'm going to say spirit-led way mm -hmm. that God uses you as <clears throat> excuse me as His vessel yeah. to uh, to convict. Right. To convict them of their sin and their need for God's grace. Yeah, I think when you're talking about these gifts, we, we, we have to assume that there is fruit being born. That's right. So, like, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Um, I am an evangelist. And, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen you, and I've, I've no, I prayed do it. for you on the side while you were talking with people. I, I, do, it, I do it as often as I get the opportunity. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll just create opportunities. But uh, but I don't have I don't think I have the gift of evangelism mm. because I think the people I believe the people who have the gift of evangelism tend to see um, more fruit. They tend to see I think they tend to see more yeah. conversions. I could be wrong, but I think they tend to see more conversions um, than the rest of us that don't have that gift. I mm -hmm. think they're used in a greater capacity for that, and that can be a guy that um, you know runs a tire shop. And he just shares the gospel with people. Yeah. I tell you, uh, we have a guy at our church named Cliff. Cliff. Cliff is he's so fantastic. He's a heavy hitter. He's a natural path. He's a chiropractor. He's like, um, you know, he, he's one of these really, really smart guys. He's got his own practice, and um, he talks to everybody about Jesus. He, he talks is not to ashamed. everybody. Talk, and he invite. Not only that, he invites him to church. 
And he frequently brings people to church. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've been talking to this person for a while. Finally got him to come to church. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm Joe. <laughs> uh, man, and I, I see fruit. You know, the one guy that we just sent off to college uh, was was brought in through Cliff and converted. We baptized him here. I mean, we that's what I see in the gift of of evangelism. But what about what about the gift of exhortation? Exhortation, I mean, are we talking about the proclaiming of God's word here? You tell me. I'm going to say yes. Okay. And you're going to say? Well, I think... I think preaching is a part of that. I, I think that exhortation, preaching is a form of exhortation. I think, I think exhortation is essentially uh, gospel encouragement. That's how I would put it. I think okay. it's the person who has the ability to speak God's word and truths in such a way where people are comforted, directed, uh, and really um, you know, guided, I guess is what I would say, in a, in a fruitful way. So it's kind of a, I'm just, I'm now spitballing, it's kind of, it almost sounds like a mixture of like, discernment mercy evangelism yeah i think that 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 maybe that's true it's um i think it's this verbal it's a verbal ministry yeah so it's not necessarily hands-on like mercy oftentimes is Mm -hmm. uh it may be but exhortation is the ability i think to speak gospel truth uh to people in a way that is specific and applicable Mm. Um, so that, you know, uh, encourage one another, exhort one another today, as long as it's co- still called today, that you might not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, yeah. like in Hebrews. Um, I think that's, that's what we're talking about here. And again, um, you know, maybe that's a gift that I have, maybe it's not, but you, you see people that have that gift. Like, yeah. when, like when somebody's in trouble and they need to, they need to and they, they know I need to hear something from somebody. If they're smart, they go to the right person. Yeah. And if they've if they've seen a person that has that ability and they're ready for it, they go to that person. And those people tend to also, you know, grab the opportunities when they're presented. They don't run away and hide. Yeah. When it's time to exhort, they That's step right. up and they actually There's do it. There's a boldness there. There's a confidence in uh in who God is and what he has done. Yeah. Okay, so what about Pastor Shepherd? I'm gonna ask you that one since you are a pastor and shepherd. Uh well, okay, so I would say that, you know, leadership is oftentimes shepherding and pastoral in some ways, but uh, but that might manifest itself in a whole host of different realms mm-hmm. and, and callings. But Pastor Shepherd is very specific. This is a person who is called to serve uh, the church by leading, exercising oversight, uh, protecting the church from uh, heresy and wolves, um, feeding. Uh, so I, the, the pastor is one that is called to the ministry of the word and prayer in the context of the local church, and they are recognized by the local church and set apart for the local church. Mm. And so I'm, I get concerned when I meet guys and, you know, aspiring church planters who believe that they have the gift of pastor shepherd and they want to go out and plant the church, but they're not a part of a church yeah. and they are not being sent by a church. No. And I can't call anybody at a local church who will back them. For me, it's, that's, a, that's a roadblock. It's a huge roadblock. For me, it, that's a non-starter. Yeah, right. It, they, now, they may have the gift, but there's no way that I can know and verify that. But so, I would also ask them, well, okay. But I would also ask, why, why are they not part of a local church, right? Why are they not being sent by their church? There's something else going on, you know, because, I mean, there's sometimes people, and maybe I'm, now I'm going on a rant. There's sometimes people that want to plant a church because they didn't get to do what they want to do yep. at their other church. So they're just throwing a hissy fit and... I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Never, never a good reason to no. plant a church. You know, you know, if you're, if you desire to be a pastor because all the other pastors are doing it wrong, it's the wrong motivative, mo- wrong motivation. Mm-hmm. If you want to plant a church because you think all the other churches in your area are terrible um, and they're just not doing it right. And you're going to finally do it. I'm going to plant this kind of a church. And we're going to be reformed or we're going to be this. 
then I, I, I think your motives are, are, are out of balance there. Your, your, your desire, your, your calling, really, your calling uh, to ministry with any of these spiritual gifts should be aimed at two things, the glory of God and the good of God's people. Mm-hmm. Um, not because you're angry, not because you want to prove somebody wrong, um, not because you want to make a point, but because this is what God has set you apart to do, and you have to do it to be faithful. And at, you know, at Redeemer, we're, we're constantly looking at our people uh, in relationship and looking to see like what's their spiritual gift and, and what, what could they do well and how can we help them. And when we identify guys that have certain gifts, like Pastor, for example, um, we start talking to them, we, we, we kind of quiz them or we, we press on them to see like what their desires are. And if they have an interest in being a pastor and they want to they wanna pursue that, then we talk to their wives. And, mm-hmm. and if they want to be trained, then we can train them. Uh, maybe they need to go to seminary. Oftentimes that's very, very good. So yeah, Pastor Shepherd is the ministry of the elder in the local church, not yeah. necessarily paid, not necessarily yeah. vocational. Um, doesn't really make a difference in uh, the calling itself. The calling is to shepherd the flock. What about, uh, what about the gift of faith? Oh, you gave me faith. You don't want faith? What do you I'll want? I'll take it. You want giving? No, no, I'm going to take faith. I'm going to let you have giving. Oh, great. Because I'm a giving person. I'm going to give you giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith, I think, is, uh, uh, I think it's, want to call it an extra measure of, of God's grace, right? Like, but I'm going to just call it the, uh, uh, a person's ability, God-given ability for confidence in the promises, power, and presence of God, mm. right? I think, I, think, I think there's people around us that um, when they see a situation, they're like, oh, no, God's going to do this. God's got this. Right. You know, George I, Mueller. George, <laughs> you know, God's going to take care of this, right? And, you know, there's other people like me that would be like, uh, yeah. uh, the cynic in me comes out, right? The cynic in me is like, uh, it's not that God's not able, but I don't think God's willing or God's going to. Where these these individuals uh, have extreme confidence in God, I think that's I think that's really good. I, I, I've seen people like this, and I've read of people like this. Mm-hmm. We all have the gift of faith, but in a, in that general sense, faith is that's a gift. Right. But the the spiritual gift of faith seems. To, I agree. I think I think it's those people that have very strong unwavering faith and my faith wavers yeah. it just does um and john piper in at one point was explaining his view and i if i if i understood it correctly he was saying that it's not that you have the gift of faith and that's your one spiritual gift and you have that for all time but that these gifts come upon people maybe for the duration of their life or maybe for a particular period of time mm. and that may be true I, I, don't, I don't know um but you know certainly the gift of faith seems to be given to the martyrs that have gone before us I mean, yeah. they, they, they go to the, the execution singing hymns. Yep. You know, they have this gift of faith. They're believing know, and trusting in the power of God. Right. They have courage. If there is fear, their, their courage and confidence in, in the Lord overwhelms that. So, yeah, I, I think what you said is, is dead on. That's how I conceive of it anyways. What about giving? What is the gift of giving? 10%, yo. Oh, gosh. Oh. 10%. <laughs> That's, okay, first of all, that's called a tithe. And uh, judgment will fall upon your house. Okay, that's called a tithe. If you now, don't give 10%. Go with giving? Uh, yeah, I, I think here it relates to mercy quite a bit. Uh, those who have the gift of giving are uh, rewired by God's Holy Spirit to be very sacrificial, very generous toward others. 
Now, we're all called to be generous. We're all called to be sacrificial. But again, these are people who not only have uh, the ability uh, to give, but they because it, it, it's not like um, uh, socioeconomic dependent. It is that they have the heart to give big yeah. in whatever that looks like in their life. And so they are truly ready to meet others' needs, to put their money where their mouth is, to lay down their life. They are, um, they're, <laughs> I guess you could say in one sense, they're, they're just better at it than the other people yeah. around them because of how God has gifted them. And again, I see that. In people. I see people like, wow, they're so generous. They're so giving. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily the amount. Right? No, not at it, all. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart behind that. Yeah, and it's, it's like they're giving even when they don't need to give. Exactly. Like they don't need to do that. Or even sometimes when they can't. Yeah, they'll and I'm find... Not, and I'm not, I'm not advocating if you're, un, you know, if you're financially strapped. Right. I'm not advocating, you know... 10%. Uh, well, I'm not advocating... <laughs> stop. I am not advocating, you know, give everything so that God will bless your bank account later, right? Right. Uh, what, I'm saying use wisdom, but if, if, if God... You know, if you really sense that God has called you in a specific instance to give, that's what I'm. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Is it, it'll hurt. Giving. Yeah, it hurts, and it's and it's worth that. Like that sacrifice, we would go, "Wow, that's such a huge sacrifice." They would go, ah, "No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's what I really feel like I need to do." That's it. That's what um, God called me to do. What about the gift of service? Serving. Um, I mean, tangibly, I guess the way I look at it is. Uh, willing to to put others first mm. you know doing those jobs and i would even say doing those those tasks and those jobs that other people don't want to do mm. right that's wiping the tables that's cleaning the dishes that's sweeping the floor that's vacuuming the carpet that's no complaining painting. yeah that's painting that's doing all this stuff clean up the trash and it's not you're not complaining and it's not that it's just those things no. but those are good examples yeah because like who wants to do that who but, wants to stay after the church picnic and pick up with all the bees and everything oh gosh that was so annoying that's why i got out of there so early you did not get out there <laughs> i did too I'm, no you did i not. did i left early no you were there when i was there oh yeah because you left really early <laughs> you did you left really early because you had you had you were you had the kids and you were babysitting other kids and you had to take them home well no i took them to the park right there that, with all the i was watching a bunch of other kids too well i left but I had to leave because my, my family. Some, your family. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that, uh, that's, not, that's neither here nor there. But I think it's also not just serving. I would say it's not just serving in the church, mm-hmm. but I think it's also serving those around you. Because yeah. I think you could serve your neighbors. You could serve your, your brothers and sisters. I know people. I know people in our church that are serving through like meal ministry. Yeah. Right? They're serving in that regard. They're serving by uh, heading over to uh, other members' homes and cutting their lawn yeah. if they're unable to, or or shoveling their driveway, or, or picking them up or driving them places, or parachurch, or like they'll go and or or just even secular. Yeah, like, I mean these things are were designed this way to for the good of the local church, but they tend to bleed out into yes. our love for neighbors. That's right. Well, they aren't, aren't even in the church, so they'll go to feed my starving children. Mm-hmm. Got a bunch of people here that do that sort of thing. They'll sponsor a child, you know. Yeah. Um, what about teaching? Well, I think teaching is different from preaching in that um, they're, they're, they can be used interchangeably, I guess. But um, the way I conceive of, of teaching is the ability to articulate uh, the Word of God and the truth of God in comprehensible ways yeah. so that people can really take it and go. So they may not be a pastor, they may not be a preacher, but they are a teacher. We've got guys here. Yeah. So like one of our members recently, uh, we made him preach a sermon in Preaching Lab 
and he is not called to be a preacher. He's not called to be a pastor. This is what he would say. Um, but he taught, and it was great. Oh, I thought he it was nailed it. Keegan. Keegan nailed it. And I, I told him afterwards, I said, you're definitely going to be teaching. You need to be teaching. And he leads a community group. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. but uh, he, was, I, think he, I think he has that gift. I mean, oh, I, he nailed it. And, oh. and that was his first time ever standing up and doing something like that. He so. looked so natural. Yeah. He's so natural, so prepared, and it was so powerful. He was really, really good. I liked it. So if, you know, as you're, as you're thinking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, really, um, one of the things to consider are the spiritual gifts. What is yours? What are your passions, desires? Mm-hmm. Do you bear fruit when you do them? What does the local church say? And consider the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, you want to, when you want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what is supposed to mark and, and increase in our lives. In fact, the only thing that can increase more than the fruit of the Spirit is our overflowing mailbag. Oh, it's time to... Let's empty two out tonight. Really? going to do two? We're going to do two. Aren't do, we too long? Uh, no. Even right. if we are, dude, there's so many questions. We've got to start doing more than one. All right. All right. Here, here's one. I'm, I'll right go here. first. You go first. I'll go... Well, no. I'll uh, answer first. I'll, go. I'll answer first. You, you ask first. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, because I picked a good one for you. Well, I, I, okay. I'm going to pick this one. Oh no! Here, no, no, I'm gonna go. I'm, gonna I'm going Tyler you're Johnson. Go. You're gonna answer Tyler Johnson's right, question. Good. Cigar versus pipe. I'll take it. Hey guys, I'm a huge fan. A rather Trump. I'm that's huge. A, that's a, we call that a Trumpian expression today. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I'm a huge fan. I wanted to see if y'all. Well, that's telling. I wanted to see <laughs> if y'all would expound on your love for cigars and if there is a definitive preference in smoking a cigar over a pipe. There is. I'm probably smoking my pipe as I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the incredibly encouraging and challenging talks. Much love. Yeah, I just enjoy the cigar more. And part of it's because I'm lazy. It takes a lot of work to smoke a pipe. Nah, you get used to it. Okay, well, you smoke a cigar. You gave up on your pipe as well. No, You I, gave up because we're, we're just not patient people. I smoked a pipe for years. And you were terrible at it. No, I wasn't. I was good. I was the I was a pipe. I was the pipe Yoda before Pastor Pat was the pipe Yoda. No, no, I don't even believe that. Totally. No. You know why? You know why? I, I, I left cigars. Well, you left smoke- cigar. Why'd you left leave cigars? Okay. So I started smoking cigars in third grade. By the way. Okay. Okay. I used to steal them from Frank's Grocery in Geneva, Illinois. Swisher Sweets. Third grade. No. Blackwoods. Uh, Little Owl. Little Owl. Yeah. Little Owls. Anyways, um, I liked them back then. But I really started smoking in the, the, the 90s after Moody because mm-hmm. you couldn't smoke when you're at Moody. So I was smoking cigars after I graduated and uh, just really loved it. And I, when we started having kids and yeah. I wasn't making any money, I had to give up the cigars because they were too spendy. But pipe tobacco is cheap. Pipe is cheap. So uh, I have pipes and I smoke pipes. I did that for years until I finally got to the place where I had enough allowance to start buying cigars again. And the reason I like cigars better do you, you you say it's and I don't think it's just because of laziness. I think the cigar is preferable mm. because for me it's preferable because I like the fact that this is a handmade uh, item that has you know uh, frequently traveled across the ocean. This is uh, this is something that was grown and cured and then constructed by a the, by a skilled artisan in a mm-hmm. sense, and they, they've put this together. I love the ritual of the cutting. You, you, know, you cut the head, you light the foot, you, know, you toast it, you smoke it. Um, I like that ritual. I think there, there's still a ritual with pipe smoking. Big though. time, big time. You it's know, just not, the ritual's not as good. I think it's, I think it's as good. Eh, it's a little less. No, I don't think it's less. And I think there's, it's a little girly. But see, there's still, there's still the artisan. I mean, you, these guys are blending. 
right? Like when they're when they're yeah. doing their their tobacco, there's there's blends out there. Even you know, Pastor Pat has his own blend. He does Pastor's blend. The Pastor's blend at the local Pastor's tobacco blend. So if you call Levita Cigars in St. Charles, Illinois, and ask them for Pastor's blend, they might send it to you. I think you have to order a lot. They don't How much is shipping. a lot? Like, like I think a pound or two. Is that is that a lot? That's a lot for pipe tobacco. So yeah, you're right. The people that prefer pipes prefer that ritual more. They like that ritual of the lighting yeah. of the bowl and all of that and the tamping and that's all right. Things. But so, if you have a chance, try out Pastor's Blend. Pastor's Blend is really good. Come great. to St. Charles. That, that's the other part. That's the other part is I think pipe smells better. I think I feel actually I know that Michelle is totally fine if I smoke a pipe in the house. Oh yeah, my wife is. My wife asks me, please smoke a pipe in the house. But why don't we do it? We could smoke at home. Because I'd rather smoke my cigar outside. I do like the cigar. Cigar's better. But yeah, and yeah, the aromatic blends of pipe tobacco, yeah. uh, those smell awesome. Really, nobody objects to the smell of an aromatic pipe tobacco. No, no. That is, uh, that is some sweet goodness. Pat, Pat lights up in the cigar shop, and everybody's oh. like, ooh, that smells good. Thanks, buddy. So, so yeah, I mean, our, for us, it's just a personal preference. It's not, I don't feel like one's better than the other. Uh, there are times when I smoke my pipe. There's times when I, but for most of the time, that's I'm smoking a cigar. That's just what I enjoy uh, doing. Yeah. Next question. All right. This one's for you. It's from Jacob Abshire, and he writes, "I really enjoy the show. You two affirm the 1689 Baptist Confession, but I have not heard much about the 2000 statement. Could you explain why you prefer prefer more?" Then the other, uh, and he's saying, assuming you do. Hey, Jacob. And go back, go back to college and learn how to construct a sentence. What <laughs> distinctions exist between these two? Oh, another one. And all the other, for that matter. Thanks. Do you understand the question? <laughs> yes. Uh, listen, uh, we make fun of people that we like, man. So, Jacob, thanks for the question. Yes, uh, we prefer the 1689 Baptist Confession to the Baptist Faith and Message the BFNM uh, 2000. And the reason we prefer it is because it is a more robust mm-hmm. and a better written and a more theologically accurate doctrine, a uh, doctrinal statement than the Baptist faith and message. Uh, we can affirm the BFM 2000 uh, and we do, but uh, the 69 I believe is superior in that uh, it covers more material. Uh, it, well, it covers less material in some senses. There are certain things it doesn't address that the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 does address. For example, uh, I believe the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 says that churches must operate according to democratic principles. Um, now, how you interpret that, it can be good or bad, yeah. but, um, but there are things in the Baptist Faith and Message that are maybe not as clearly stated as I would like them, and, uh, but it's good. It's a good general statement of faith that both, Cal- both Calvinists and non-Calvinists can affirm. So it's good. It's definitely good for a denomination that embraces both the Calvinist and the non-Calvinist. So it's yeah. perfect for that. No problem there. Uh, but the 1689 has a better theological framework because it's coming from a Reformed Baptist perspective, a clearly Reformed Baptist you know, covenantal perspective. And um, the issues that I have with the 1689 are very, very few. Uh, and the issues that I have with Baptist Faith and Message 2000 are a little more significant. So uh, the 1689 is beautiful. It is devotional to read. Mm. The, the 2000 is not devotional to read, in my estimation. And um, so, yeah, that's uh, the distinctions that exist between the two are a robust Reformed theology uh, on the one hand, and um, and then some of the other you know 
issues that, that have been included in the Baptist faith and message uh, that are good, but uh, I don't know that they need to be in a confession of, of faith. That would be my basic, my basic answer. I concur. All right, so man. If we're going to do a couple book recommendations, okay. I think we should, uh, for me, I think I'm going to continue and just reaffirm uh, what we said on Monday. The Holy Spirit by Sinclair Ferguson and The Holy Spirit by John Owen. And I think it's really important that John Owen won the Puritan paperback. Start there. Yeah. No, that's good, man. Uh, I, I don't, you're not, you're not going to go wrong. I'll just agree uh, with your recommendations there. Um, look, uh, we do this podcast. We sit down and record it. We send it off to a guy mm-hmm. named Justin Bond. Justin Bond is our engineer and editor, and he makes it sound good. He he puts it together so that you guys can actually enjoy uh, exactly. what we're doing. Without him, this just doesn't really work. We don't no. have the time or the talent to do what he does. So J Bond Media, that's his company. J Bond Media handles video and audio and, and photo and all of that. So if you need help, uh, go look him up and hire that guy because um, he will kill it for you. Really, and really he good stuff. is going to be here this weekend. Is it this weekend? No. Yeah, when this comes out. Oh, when out. this comes out, yeah. That's yeah, right. when this comes out. He comes to, well, when this yep. comes out, it'll be a Thursday. So tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He shows up Friday. And we're going to do, we're recording. Oh, can we not say it? Are we not saying it? All right, well, let's just, let's just say not who, but what we're going to do. All right, but I feel like the who is kind of. No, we're going to save that. All right, so well, we're, maybe, maybe when we're doing the, the thing with the who. We'll, we'll tease, yeah, we'll put we some get, pictures. Yeah, boom. All right, so we're going we're gonna to do a. We're going to do some video content um, that is aimed at encouraging people and instructing people in the discipline of evangelism. Boom, spiritual gift. So, uh, it's and going what to be, we're all called to do. Right. It's really, really important. Most of us are, are not doing what we could be doing, what we should yeah. be doing. And all of us need encouragement and practical instruction in this. Um, so uh, we're, we're eager to do this. We're going to have fun. It's going to be uh, it's going to be good stuff. We're looking forward to doing that over the weekend. Um, so pray for us. Pray that it goes well. And um, yeah, be on and the look, lookout for it. And yeah, be on the lookout on Saturday yeah. for some uh, some teasing footage. photos. Yeah, we'll put up we'll put up uh, some videos, some pictures, so you can see what we're doing and some what we're doing. Instagram stories. You do the Instagram stories. You yeah, like it? Star- no, it's not that I like it. You I, like I, just, it. I just feel like I have to now. Oh, you do. Well, see, that's just it. I feel so like, like I it. have to. Well, listen, put your heart into it. Put my heart into it? Yeah. God doesn't want you to just like do things mechanistically. He wants your heart to be in it. Pray for me. If you can't glorify God on Instagram stories, you shouldn't be doing it. That's why I'm trying not to do it. But I was doing it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, do us a favor. Head on over to iTunes or whatever uh, you're using to listen to this podcast and leave a review. You know, leave an honest review. Most likely that's going to be five stars. Uh, we appreciate that. We love reading through them and uh, getting your feedback on there. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo. And also, we have a Facebook page. Subscribe to it and get uh, get some news there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, interact with us. We, uh, we love hearing from you. You can leave us a comment at DoctrineAndDevotion.com. Uh, you can hit the Contact Us page and send us an email. We get tons of messages, and we love hearing from you guys. Um, if it's not just a recommendation for us, uh, uh, if you're asking us questions and what, we will interact with you. And we would love for you to tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Hop on the Internet. Tell everybody about Doctrine and Devotion if you like this. If you think this is worth listening to, then it should be worth sharing. We would love to have more people um, engaging and being a part of this community. It's a lot of fun for us. So every uh, Monday and Thursday, That's it. we're dropping them. So if this is Thursday, uh, we'll, we'll see you on social media. And then Monday, we got something new coming. <laughs>
Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. Later. Later.